Welcome to Giant Cocktails, a podcast where two lifelong fans talk about the San Francisco Giants while drinking homemade cocktails. Now, here are your hosts, Ben and Matthew Henry. To another episode of Giant Cocktails. I am your host, Ben Henry, alongside my brother, the entangled Matthew Henry. How you doing, Matthew? I'm good. I'm good. Entangled. Um, yeah, entangled. Hmm. I, I. You know. Again, this is this one has me stumped. I. Uh, mm. I was thinking uh, the the what the the Disney movie. Well, that's tangled. That's not entangled. Uh, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I. I don't know how it ties in. So um, enlighten me. Why am I entangled? Well, I hear the rumor mill has it, Matthew, that another organization really, really, really wants to have a conversation with you about taking over mm-hmm. as the chief. Um. Executive officer? Yeah. Right. That thing. Yeah. The chief execution officer? I don't, I don't, okay. Yes, of their organization, but you are already the chief monkey. What? Monkey officer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're the chief, you're the chief, you're the, you're the head monkey officer at your current organization. And and they that's not usually done, even though that's the way the Giants got their their manager before the last manager. Um, but anyway, this isn't about the Giants. This is about you. This is about you. Okay. I hear I hear that there's two organizations, one that has you, and they've told you we like you. But if you want to go talk to that other organization, that's okay. Which is really weird to me, Matthew, because in my world, <laughs> when you do that, you get fired. You fired, <laughs> yeah, right? right? Like, like if I found out, like one of my employees, like you know, my high important employees was was interviewing with other people. The first thing is you beg them to stay. The second thing that you do is after begging doesn't work, you do the real hard thing, which is try to actually offer them more money. Because I'm sorry, folks, I'm a capitalist and I work for evil corporations. What do you want from me? Like I do all the things. That, yes, I did all those things. I'm that guy. I'm sorry. I apologize. But anyway, then you after you beg, you you then offer them more money, which is the harder thing to do. And then the third thing you do is if they're really like, no, no, I'm going to no, no, you just fire them. You just let them go. It, so it's weird to me when when another company's like, "Oh, if you want to go interview, that's fine. We love you. We want you to be here, but you go interview." And I feel like maybe they're saying they don't love you. I was just going to say, yeah, I, I think that they may say that they love you. But if they're letting you go interview, then I feel like for the same position somewhere else, I feel like maybe they don't love you that much. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. This is weird, right? This is It's weird. It is it's weird. weird. It's weird. Yeah. Entangled. Yeah. Entangled. You and Bob Melvin are entangled. Okay. Well, I think it's just Bob Melvin because nobody is asking to interview me. Yeah. Nobody else wants you. No. No. I, don't <laughs> tell anybody that, though. Okay, keep it between you and me. That's, that's because they don't know, Matthew. If they knew how good you were, everybody would want you. Yeah. And that's yeah. actually related to the... I'm going to ask you a question about this later. Okay. 
But for now, we're going to stick to this whole entangled thing. Because, like, yeah. I mean, Bob Melvin was in, and then and then they came out, and the owner was like, no, no. Preller's going to stay. Melvin's going to stay. And then Preller came out and said, yeah, yeah. Melvin's going to stay. And then suddenly now, Baggerly, because Bagger, I finally figured it out, Matthew, how to how to figure out whether it's Brisby or Baggerly, because they both work for the Athletic, and it's hard to like they both have B names. Yeah, yeah. Baggerly's the smart one who does all the hard work. Brisby's the lazy one who knows a bunch of useless facts and lays on his couch. Yeah, Bris- Brisby is the uh, he the is the pop culture guru. Oh, I was just gonna call. He's the Ben. Okay. Yeah. And, Right. And, and Baggerly's the Matthew. <laughs> oh, I like this. I like this a lot. Yes, I agree. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So Baggerly's the Matthew and Brisby's the Ben. Well, anyway, so Baggerly, he wrote this article for The Athletic that says, and he kind of hinted at it like a couple days ago, bubbling under the surface. Everybody knows that Bob Melvin and Preller are not good. And then today, a story comes out and says that that Melvin has been given permission to interview with the San Francisco Giants by the Padres, which is crazy. But also the same thing that happened to Bruce Bochy oh so many years ago. He still had one year left on his contract when the Giants opening came up and they let him interview and then let him go. So anyway, we are definitely talking about that today folks most definitely eh, maybe not. and maybe not maybe we just just talk about it. uh shidoshi shinjo and uh rickert finiti and their giants careers. you know what i don't think a lot of people appreciate okay so first of all suyoshi shinjo has a national league champion ring and played in the 20 uh the 2002 world series okay so it's not like suyoshi shinjo was just a nobody okay all right. Okay, don't say anything about Rickard. Do not. Do <laughs> not. Speaking of nobodies. No, no, no. <laughs> you do not spill, speak ill of Mr. Fanita. <sighs> but anyway, uh, we could talk about those guys, but we're not. Instead, we're going to talk about Bill Bathe. <laughs> Catcher, pinch hitter extraordinaire Bill Bathe? Yeah, pinch hitter for 19, 1989. He appeared in 53 games and had 50... 356 plate appearances and was a backup catcher. It's unbelievable how they used to do rosters in 1989. Hey, San Francisco Giants, it was your dream back then. There were no platoons. There was a position called pinch hitter and you just sat on the bench all the time and rarely played. Yeah, you just pinch hit like once every fifth, like once every three games. Uh, it was a San Francisco Giants fan dream. Um, and hey, don't knock it. They made it to the World Series in 1989. Uh, so anyway, we're going to talk about Bob Melvin. We're going to talk about uh, the current most prized free agent. I guess you could call him a free agent. Uh, Yoshinobu Yamamoto. I, I hope I said his first name correctly because I don't have it written down anywhere. I think that's right. I think that's right. Yeah. yeah Yoshinobu Yamamoto. And whether or not if he was the, well, we're, we're just going to talk about him. We're just going to talk about him. It's going to be an inflammatory question. So if you want to get enraged, you wait for it. Uh, and yeah, but in the but before we get to all that, Matthew, I have a question for you. Okay. Would you rather be a major league manager or 
a major league head of baseball operations, a.k.a. Mm. GM. Recognizing Mm. that you are not qualified to do either of these things. So don't say, oh, I've never played baseball. I can't be a manager because that's just a BS answer because you you can't you cannot actually be either of these things. Okay, so don't pretend like you're more qualified for one over. Oh, oh, okay. well, actually, you know, I I did play baseball. Okay, I I hit 272 for the uh, 1982 uh, Santa Cruz American A's. Okay. Oh, I thought you were going to say the Orioles because I remember that team. That was my favorite team. That was that was the year before, and we didn't. We won one game all year. Oh, I remember. Yeah, you <laughs> did. You won your last game. The last game, the last and, game and you season. know who the winning pitcher was? You were. I was. Thank you. <laughs> That's right. I was also I the losing like pitcher for like half the other games. Too. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but it's hey, okay, Matthew. Yeah, anyway. I lost the only game I ever appeared in as a pitcher. Yes, you did. Actually, not sure that that's true because I think we were actually already losing when I came in. I gave up the longest home run ever hit in minor in little league history. It, it, that is what that I do is remember. True. That is true. That, that ball is still going. Yeah, it is still going. It was pretty <laughs> impressive. It was pretty impressive. But anyway, yeah, that's your question. Okay, Would you okay, rather be right, a manager well, I, or head of baseball operations? You know, I think I think head of baseball operations. I like I like the the chess pieces i like i like the mm. the strategy of assembling a team um you know i, I i've played some fantasy baseball uh, i feel like i feel like that's that would be more my my strength than the x's and o's and the relating to the players and all that sort of stuff that maybe a manager needs to do so i'm, I'm gonna say i would rather be the head of baseball operations wow okay i think that's a, i think that's a good answer I think every baseball fan thinks they could do that job. Okay, but you know, I do have, I do. I just want to point out that I do mm-hmm. have a uh, some experience or or a credentials, I should say, that uh, most people don't. Which is, I have an Ivy League degree, so so <laughs> I could totally be a head of baseball operations. You know. That was the trend, right? Hire some yeah, Ivy League dude trend. and uh, let them, you know, like, isn't Theo Epstein and all them, aren't they Ivy League dudes? I don't know. But I feel like, yeah, I feel I like think that could that, be. that was a trend for a while. And I think we're still seeing that play itself out. I think that is not as hot as it used to be. I think now it's actually like picking people who've worked their way up from the very bottom. You know, you're seeing a lot of these people who, regardless of whether they went to what university they went to, they all started out as interns. And and they have moved their way up and spent their entire time with with in the major in Major League Baseball in one capacity or another, which I honestly think, you know, is probably the better route to go than just choosing smart people. Yeah. Well, to be clear, to be clear, the whole Ivy League thing hasn't really helped me in any way since I graduated. So uh, the, the only thing that it does is when I tell people where I graduate, people go, oh. And they right, kinda, and I right. go, yeah. And then I was like, yeah. congratulations on 18-year-old me for getting into a, a really good school. Right? I mean, that's well, really has, all that, that happened. It hasn't really helped uh, the San Francisco Giants. Uh, <laughs> but that's because... Uh, that's because they haven't hired me yet. Well, it's because Farhan didn't really go to a real Ivy League university. Because yeah, Ivy, you know, Ivy, Ivy League, folks, is a sports league. It's like the Big Ten. Right? Or the... the, the you know, the... Um, the now fatal pack four 
<laughs> yeah, the, the 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 pack four. <laughs> I was gonna say the the former pack twelve, pack ten, um, the soon to be dead pack ten. Um, it's an it's a sports league, and universities like Cal Berkeley and Stanford and MIT are not in that sports league. They are not Ivy League universities. But you didn't come here to hear pompous, overly educated people talk about Ivy League universities. You came here to hear us talk about whether or not my brother could be the head of baseball operations. (laughs) (laughs) And the fact of the matter is, is that I think he could do at least as good a job as Farhan Zaidi, even though my brother is completely unqualified. 100 me and chat gpt and we'd be ruling the world man yeah yeah hey let's world do it series here we come let's roll you know what matthew i would rather be a manager and the reason i would rather be a manager is, is because nobody knows what that job does or is or how to do it nobody knows everybody thinks it's hugely important but nobody thinks that actually you actually have an impact on the game like i'm pretty sure i could fill out a lineup card for any major league baseball team and have it be accurate pretty much every day because I'd be like, who's starting today for the other team, lefty or righty? And they'd come and tell me, and then I would give them one of two sheets filled out. And I wouldn't do this whole Gabe Kapler thing where I give them a different sheet of different names every day. I would just have two sheets and it would just be left-handed sheet and right-handed sheet. And most people would be okay with that. And then the rest of my time, well, I know what I, you're not allowed to do. You're not allowed to sit in your, your office and not talk to anybody which sucks because that sounds pretty cool. But that apparently is not okay. <laughs> that gets you fired, apparently. Apparently. So, so I don't know. There, well, there but was a anyway. correlation with the whiskey card he had in his office, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I think he probably wasn't drinking enough whiskey. That's what I think. <laughs> or too much. Anyway, <laughs> today is Sunday, October 22nd, as we record this podcast. It's the off season. I mean, it's not the off season. They're still playing major league games that matter right now. Should we talk about that at all, Matthew? No. What What did the Rangers do today? Did they finish it out, or did their bullpen implode? I have no idea. And they 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 lost. You're, you you were like expecting me to watch the game? Was that? I thought we already uh, covered this last week. <laughs> I thought we already covered this. That I I don't watch the games. Oh, the Rangers. Oh, uh, right. The Rangers tied up the series three three. They they won nine to two today. They forced a game seven. The they home did. team has not won yet in that series. Uh, the D-Bags lost their first home game of the playoffs yesterday, which is funny because they've only played like two, <laughs> I think, to get to this point. They've only played four, I think. Anyway, they, uh, yeah, so the so the D-Bags are down, uh, they're down... Two games to three, yeah. Three to two, and they have two to play in, yeah, game six and seven in Philadelphia. Well... D-Bags, you had a good run. Thanks for knocking out the Dodgers. Also, thanks for letting the Giants know how much better you are than them. You know, the whole Corbin Carroll and Moreno and uh, making the National League Championship Series. Yeah, thanks for, thanks, thanks for that. Thanks. Anyway, so we're going to skip the rest of the stuff and we're going to go straight to the trivia question, Matthew. All right, well, today's trivia question is based on... Uh, the news that Bob Melvin has been granted permission to interview for the manager position for the Giants. So it got me thinking. 
And today's question is uh, in relation to Bob Melvin as the player, as a player. So Bob Melvin played for seven major league franchises. With what franchise did he play the most games in his career? The Oryx Blue Wave. Oh, that's a good guess. Mm-hmm. Not a major league franchise, but maybe they did. He did play a lot of games for them. I don't know. The Nippon Ham Fighters. That's where <laughs> that's where Bob Melvin played his most games. Okay. No, that's lock it in. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. We'll see how wrong Ben is at the end of the episode. Do you know what? Do you know what Suyoshi's nickname is? No. What? Big Big Boss. Big Boss. <laughs> And well, and and then why I, isn't this, he a candidate for the Giants? Oh, uh, Cole Kuiper threw his name out there. I don't know why that doesn't just cement it in. You know, you know, Farhan did fly to Japan allegedly just to see Yoshinobu Yamamoto pitch. But what if he also had dinner with Suyoshi Shinjo? Uh huh. A little little interview for the managerial position. You know, I mean, he's still well. I don't know. There, I don't think they're in the postseason. Are they? I don't know what the status of their season. They are in the postseason because he saw Yamamoto pitch in the what is the semifinals there, and I don't believe the Nippon Nippon Ham Fighters are in the playoffs. So I believe Suyoshi is in the off season. So so yeah, he could have done that. And, and yeah, Big Boss. And you know what? His nickname also all capitals. Nice, Big Boss. It's not. It's not like. Capital B, lowercase I. It's all capital letters, all one word. Big Boss. Big Boss. So, Big Boss Shinjo. That's so much better than Bomel. That's Bob Mel. Bomel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Bomel. I want Big Boss. I don't want Bomel. Uh, uh, anyway, that's it. I'm locking it in. The, the, the Hokkaido Nippon Ham Fighters. All right. All right. Isn't it time for the booze, boys? Oh man, Bob! Yeah, Bob. Bob oh. keeps us going. Bob. All right. Oh. Yes, yes. It is time for the booze. Mm-hmm, yep. Mm-hmm. What are you drinking, Ben? Oh, it's me. It's me. It's me. It's me. I, Bob, am drinking a Halloween-inspired cocktail entitled Big Boss. <laughs> That's not what it's titled. Oh no, no, sorry. It's entitled Bitter Blood Curse. It has one ounce of London dry gin, one ounce of Campari, one ounce of Curacao, and then three quarters of an ounce of lemon juice, plus one egg white, large. You take all of those ingredients, you put them into a shaker, and then you, without ice, no ice, and then you shake that for like 15 to 20 seconds in a dry shake. Then you open the shaker, you add your ice, and then you shake it again until it's chilled, and then you strain that single strain into a coupe glass. You wait for the foam to rise to the top. It's gonna create a nice foamy head, and then you add three drops of Angostura bitters in a tight cluster, and then you take a toothpick or a cocktail pick, and you put those into those bitters, And you do a big squiggle, and then you draw a line through them. And then you sip and enjoy the sweet gin-forward flavors that slowly evolve through the citrus of the lemon juice into the dryness of the egg white. 
and the horrible curse of Campari. And that's what I'm drinking, Bob. The bitter blood curse. Mmm. That's a tasty cocktail. It is at first. <laughs> yes, it is. Until the curse hits you. That's right. What are you drinking, Matthew? Bob, I am drinking the Highland Big Boss. No, no. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no. there can only be one, one Big Boss. <laughs> Actually, it's called the Highland Harvest. And uh, the Highland Harvest is an original cocktail, has two ounces of single malt scotch whiskey, an ounce of lemon juice, three quarter ounce fig syrup, three drops of black walnut bitters, an egg white, and a sprig of rosemary. You're going to muddle the rosemary with the fig syrup in the bottom of a shaker, add the remaining ingredients except the bitters, and shake without ice, just like Ben, a dry shake. Without ice for 20 seconds, you're going to then add ice and shake again until chilled. Then you're going to double strain into a coupe glass. In my case, you could do a rocks glass That's with ice. That's fine. But you're going to let that foam come to the top and you're going to place three drops of the black walnut bitters on top and drag it in a circle, the connecting those dots with a toothpick. And you're going to garnish with a fig slice or a rosemary sprig and take a nice sip of your Highland Harvest. So that's what I'm drinking today, Bob. Mmm, that's a tasty cocktail. It is, and it celebrates fall. You know, uh, nothing celebrates fall like, uh, you know, cocktails when the Giants aren't actually in the playoffs. So that's that's right. That's what I'm drinking. It's also inspired by the big boss. Both of us. Making Suyoshi Shinjo inspired cocktails. You know what position is usually referred to as the big boss, Matthew? Catcher. Catcher. (laughs) 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 If this is another weird like angle where you're going to be like, oh, Buster Posey should be the manager. He's not going to be the manager. No, I'm just Bob Melvin was the catcher. So I was just guessing. I don't know what position is called the big boss. Uh, Okay, I don't know. Manager. Manager's the big boss. Okay, but is that a position? Like, I. Yes, it's the position in the organization. Oh, okay. We got to fill this position. We do have to fill this position. We need I, a actually, requisition. We don't have to. The Giants have to. That's right. The Giants have to fill this position. And it's probably not going to be with Suyoshi Shinjo. I'm not saying it's not going to happen. I'm not saying it's not going to happen. I mean, he is a manager of a of a high-level baseball team. He is a manager of the second best league in the world that is quite frankly producing players and he is managing players who are probably nearly or almost as good as major league players. Like, I don't know if people realize that Matthew, just as an aside, how good the Japanese league is right now, but those players over there are much, much closer to major league players than they are to triple a players. Mm. And, and anyway, but the Let's point sign is them all then Ben, just, just sign them all. <sighs> Well, you know, they got strict rules about that over there, Matthew. Um, and they have this sort of agreement with Major League Baseball because they, they're they not going to let Major League Baseball fleece them. That I is for see. sure. I get they, it. They yeah. have, they've, got, they've got that figured out and good for them. 
Um, because yeah, you got to pay the league or at least the team, and then you got to play pay the player. And we're going to talk about that because we're going to be talking about Yoshinobu Yamamoto later in today's show. But right now, we're supposed I was we were trying I was trying to segue us into talking about Bomel, as you called him, Bob Melvin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I like Bomel. That's that's pretty good. We're going to talk about Bomel and not Big Boss because Big Boss I don't think is as as big of a managerial candidate as uh, as qualified as he may be as Bomel. Bob Melvin. This is a really interesting situation to me because as I intimated at the beginning of the show, this strikes me as very odd first of all, this whole situation. Right? This this whole situation is very strange. Like, we know we had heard, right? The whole reason that Bob Melvin was a candidate for the San Francisco Giants to begin with was because he allegedly had a bad relationship with A.J. Preller. The what is I don't know what his title is, but he is effectively the Farhan Zaidi of the Padres. And he's been there forever. And, and they've done a ton to construct this this really quite talented roster. And it seems as though after two seasons of having Bob Melvin, that age that uh, Preller and Melvin's relationship is really, really bad. That some players or some people on the inside, what Baggerly said, somebody, that the relationship is irreparable. That they hate each other so much that there's nothing, they, they just can't work together anymore. And so even though they came out and said that Melvin was coming back and Preller said that Melvin was coming back. That sounds a lot like what the Giants said about Kapler in September. <laughs> yes, exactly. Right? So now it comes out. Baggerly says that he's got he's got inside information that says that Melvin has been given permission to interview with the Giants, which means he's going to interview with the Giants. Which means he's going to be the next manager of the Giants. Right? Yes. Right? That that has to be what this means because this, I mean, this is all, it, it's going to happen, right? Like. Like how like do how, you how do you get permission to be the to interview for another major league manager job, not get it, and then go back to your current manager manager job? You don't because nobody would trust you. The fans won't trust you. The players won't trust you, and the GM slash head of baseball operations, or hobo, I like as that. I like to call it. <laughs> like that i I, i'm gonna start calling uh farhan's 80 the hobo from now on the hobo yeah hates your guts and so it seems to me like i don't see how bomel who doesn't get along with his hobo could possibly remain as the mojo (laughs) of the Sopo. That's the San Diego Padres. <laughs> the Sopot. The Sopot. And then also, on top of all of this, Bob, what are the Padres going to do? The Padres are going to Padre. Right? Like, how effed up is this for them? Yeah. I. It, it's, you know, so on one hand, I'm sitting here going like, wow. But the writing has been on the wall for a very long time. And I don't know. If you're subscribed to The Athletic, Tim Kawakami had an article at the end of September, like September Tim like Kawakami, 22nd. 
he knows what he's 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 the man he is a really good uh sports writer and tim kawakami you should probably go into politics writing you're wasting (laughs) your skills here (laughs) but his his article september 28th i'm looking at right now starts off with him going from one dugout to the other to listen to both the giants manager and the padres manager and he basically says that there's no contest of who's like like who is the better manager like who exudes the what the giants need more and and he's referring to bob melvin and and goes on to say like oh everybody's saying that bob melvin's going to be back with the padres yada 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 but you know, if that's what the reason why you're saying it, then, you know, you shouldn't just take that for face value. And and so he basically predicts that the, the that the Bob Melvin will be the manager of the Giants. And, you know, here we are a month later and it's all looked like that's falling into place. And so like like Bob Melvin being the manager. And, and on one hand, I feel like. I kind of would like to have like new blood and someone that's like, you know, it's not an inspired choice. It's not like, Oh, let's find, let's get Donnie Ecker. Who's never managed. Who's the architect of our, of the best offensive t- season in giants history to be our manager. I mean, that would be something that would be a really great story. So I'm a little torn that it's not something like that. But on the other hand, you're talking about a three time manager of the year who, yeah. oh, who did that with the Oakland A's. Yeah. And Who, so, yeah, I just I'm blown away. Like, I think that this could be a uh, this could be a really great thing for the San Francisco Giants. Well, I think Bob Melvin, he is the kind of manager that bridges the gap between what old timers and purists wish we still had. Which is basically an era where we we, we had less information. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so managed managed with with the information that we had which just that's never going to happen folks we're never going to go back to an era where we have less information and uh, in major league baseball so so that time has passed but he's a guy who bridges that time with the current time which is using analytics right so you know I, he and yeah he's a three-time manager of the year he's an ex san francisco giant like, you know, he has been here. He knows the team. He wore orange and black. Like, he is a giant. He has been a giant already. And he he knows... I mean, you know, Farhan Zaidi said it when he even hired Kapler, which is like people do better after they've gone to their through their first job. Well, Melvin's done that and then some. Yeah. I think, yeah, the, I mean, he's a no-brainer as a choice. Right. Like, I mean, if 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 Craig Council is available and amenable to coming to San Francisco, then I think he's somebody that you consider. Donnie Ecker is really, really a fascinating choice. But. You know, is he better than than Bob Melvin? I don't know. Like, I I think no. Yeah. I mean, certainly if you're comparing their experience, then no. Right. And I think and then and then on like my fourth choice after all of those people of the names that have all been mentioned at this point in their careers is is vote. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And 
And so, you know, I, I, I think, you know, and I, I think Craig Council, he's, I don't even know that he interviews with the Giants. I don't think he wants the San Francisco job. I think everybody knows that the council is either going to be managing the Brewers next year or he's going to be managing the Mets. And and that's just kind of how that's where Craig Council is going. So I don't think he's in the equation, but I think Donnie Ecker is in the equation. I think Ecker will still get interviewed by the Giants. And, you know, but I think if Melvin is available, which he clearly is, then he's going to be the guy. Like, he's the guy. And I don't think that you can argue with that choice really aggressively. No. Right. Again, three time manager of the year, uh, 20 years of managerial experience. He's got a career winning record. Yeah. Former giant career winning record. Uh, there's, you know, even okay, his age, yeah. he's, he's 62. Uh, he actually turned 62 in a few days. Uh, you know, he's, he's, that means he's like 12 years younger than Dusty Baker. He's like six yeah. years younger than Bruce Bochy. So his age isn't even something that you would be like, oh, wow, he's been around a long time. He's an old dude. He's, uh, he's right in the middle of his prime. And, and there's so many reasons to, to like this, including the fact that as Farhan said, he was looking for a manager that can relate to free agents and and here is someone who has this proven track record of relating with players, the player manager. Uh, everyone loves them. So, yeah, I mean, what's not to like about about someone like that? Yeah. And I want to go back to something that you just said. He has a career winning record. Who are the teams he's managed, Matthew? Just say them. <laughs> so the Seattle Mariners, mm-hmm. the Oakland A's. Right. The Arizona Diamondbacks and the San Diego Padres. And he has a winning record. Yeah. I yeah, mean, his worst, his worst <laughs> record was with the Mariners, two years with the Mariners, uh, but he won 93 games his first year. And then the wheels fell off the second year. Uh, and then, and then with the Diamondbacks, he was actually almost 500 uh, right. uh, over, over five years. The Oakland Athletics, he was significantly over five, almost 100 games, like 90 games over 500 over the course of his 11 seasons in Oakland. And do you realize how hard that is to do with the Oakland A's? Right, right. Well, and and here's the thing. Like, you know, the, the one knock against him is, of course, the season that just ended, right? Where the, yeah. the, the San Diego Padres were picked by everybody to, to make it to the World Series. And they didn't even make the playoffs, right? Finished ahead of the San Francisco Giants. <laughs> Finished over right? 500. Finished over 500, unlike the San Francisco Giants. But the point is, is that like this is the season that is the biggest knock against him. But honestly, you know, and I've been thinking about this a lot. And I went and looked at their stats and, you know, tried to figure out why did this team lose? And I'll tell you why this team lost. This team lost because that brilliant lineup that they built didn't perform in key moments when it needed to. Bob Melvin was given a roster that, quite frankly, Matthew could have run. Hey. Like, <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm sitting sorry. right here, I'm, man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Nobody, everybody knows what I'm talking about. Like, everybody's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of the two, he's the dumber one. And yeah, he would, he could still run that team. <laughs> but I'll rephrase it for your sake. Bob Melvin was given a roster that I could run. Oh, now we're talking. All right. Yeah. Bob Melvin was given a roster that I could run. Like, it was very, very easy to fill that roster out, right? Like, there, there's not a lot of platooning to do. There's not a lot of, you know. And then he even let uh, he even let Kim play every day. 
right? Ha Sung Kim. Because, yeah. you know, like, because Ha Sung Kim is so good defensively that it doesn't matter what his platoon splits are. You need to play him every day. And Ha Sung Kim was so important defensively, he stole Tatis's position. <laughs> and then it turns out that Fernando Tatis is an amazing right fielder. <laughs> and that I, I, that's nobody's fault. That's just dumb luck that the Padres stumbled into. But the point is, is that he had a roster where you just don't monkey around with it. And I went and looked at all of their, like, the, the games that they lost in extra innings and, and, the, the, and where they, you know, how they lost. The fact of the matter is their lineup sucked with runners in scoring position. And I don't put that on the manager. Like, folks, if the manager could make people hit, then the manager would be the most important position in all of major league sports. Like, if the manager could just point a finger at the guy who was going to hit a home run and just send him out to the plate whenever at the right opportune moment, then 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 this whole sport would be entirely different. That's not baseball. Managers can't do that. Managers very rarely can make a team win a game. Managers can only lose games by sending out the wrong reliever at the wrong time. And even that has been taken away from them a little bit because relievers now have to face three pit batters in a game. So managers don't win and lose games one at a time. They win and lose games in bunches, a la Gabe Kapler. And Gabe Kapler was a bad manager, not because he platooned people. He platooned people because he had a bad roster. And that's Farhan Zayidi's fault. Gabe Kapler was a bad manager because he lost the clubhouse. And he couldn't even talk to his own team. Like when they had team meetings, all he gave was a thumbs up to the guy who called the team meeting. You know, that's what a bad manager looks like. So anyway, the point is, is that a Bob Melvin is a good manager. He knows when to platoon and when he knows when he shouldn't. He knows when to leave it to the players in the clubhouse and when not to. And he knows how to wrangle a young team, a team full of names that people don't know. And that is the San Francisco Giants. And that is who the San Francisco Giants are going to be next year. They're not going to go out and get like five, you know, all-stars. It's not happening, folks. I don't know if this still happens, but but the you know the people out there wishing that the Giants could trade Heliot Ramos for Ronald Acuna Jr. You know it's not happening. Oh man, <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> Seems like a no brainer. Oh man, why would upside, why would, the upside of Heliot Ramos? Come why on. can't I trade Jock Peterson, who the Giants don't control, and Heliot Ramos for Ronald Acuna Jr.? Well, who wouldn't want that? Everyone. But okay. Do you remember Matthew before the internet when we would turn on KNBR and then that's what people would call in and they would say things like that? Even after the internet, people call into KNBR and still <laughs> yeah, say things people, like that. People call into KNBR. People get on Twitter and say things like that. Why don't the Giants trade Ramos and, you know, <laughs> Rickert Fanita? Crook and Kipe groups on Facebook. Oh, man. Every every other post, something like that. Uh, uh, you know, you know an- another interesting thing about about Melvin that got brought up by one of the sports writers, I can't remember who, was that uh, Bob Melvin has a really good reputation among Asian players, and uh, you know he was uh, the manager in Seattle when Ichiro was there, and they are still very close to this day. Uh, he's had Hassan Kim, 
He's had you Darvish in San Diego uh, as well. So uh, what I've heard is that he's got a good reputation among the Asian players, and that could play into uh, recruitment of a couple of Asian stars that are available this offseason. Like Yoshinobu Yamamoto and... And uh, Hung, Young Huli, is that his name? Hung, I Young think it is Huli. Young Huli, yeah. Uh, so I, I feel like, you know, that could be, you know, step one of the off season is acquire Bob Melvin and then let him work his magic. Keep Farhan far away out of the room while Bob Melvin woos uh, the the Asian players and bada bing, bada boom. We're a better team for next year. Uh, <laughs> OK, well, the, hmm. That is very interesting. I that kind of brings up an interesting point, an interesting question that I intimated that we'd be talking about later in the show, which is assuming that the Giants do sign Bob, uh, sorry, Bomel, since they're not going to get Big Boss. And and it sounds like Bomel is, you know, like it's Either Bowmel's going to be fired by the Padres and have no job, or he's going to be the manager of the Giants, right? Like, that's that's the outcome that seems likely, right? Because, like, how do you go back to the Padres at this point? Yeah. Um. So if Bowmel is the San Francisco Giants' next manager, and he does help them recruit, and by extension, the Giants are able to sign Yoshinabu Yamamoto... And nobody else, no Cody Bellinger, no Matt Chapman. I think I named the two best position players on the free agent market besides, oh, Shohei Otani, no Otani. Those are the top three, right? I mean, who? I don't even know. And they don't trade Slater and Yastrzemski. All they do, Matthew, is get Yoshinobu Yamamoto and Bomel. Is that a good offseason for the San Francisco Giants? That's the secret question. Mm. Let me think Just about Yamamoto, that. Just Yamamoto, the best free agent pitcher in the world. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to think about that. Uh, hell no. <laughs> wow. Absolutely not good enough. At this point, mm. you know, we're we're having to catch up for the previous two years where we didn't get anybody that has helped the team. And so, no, I mean, it's not enough. And they are going to have to get a young Huli or and or, you know, some, you know, why not? Let's get Yamamoto and Shohei Otani. And then, you know, maybe that's that would be a successful yeah. offseason. I feel like, yeah, I feel like that's right. I feel like there's a good chance. I mean, the Giants are clearly trying to position themselves as the front runners for both Yamamoto and Lee. That's why they sent. That's why they sent Pete Putilla, Putilla to Putilla to Korea to see Lee perform in his last game. And who, by the way, is 25 this year? He will be playing. Like he'll be in his 26th year. And that's why I think he's 25. And that's why they sent. And that's why Farhan went to see Yamamoto pitch in the semifinals in game one. And I don't I don't know that he pitched well, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, the 
the point is the Giants are very, very much positioning themselves as the front runners for both of these guys. And 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 having watched them fail and and even like shoot them, you know, I don't know that I don't know that I don't I don't want to call pulling out on Correa as shooting themselves in the foot, but they're the ones who 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 finally decided they weren't gonna get Correa. And, you know, this goes all the way back to Bryce Harper in Farhan's first offseason. They have failed time and time again every offseason. I'm not going to give these guys the benefit of the doubt on anybody. Like, I think it's still likely that they don't sign Lee, Yamamoto, or anybody else. Because they're the San Francisco Giants. And they're, you know. But, even if they got Yamamoto and Lee, and as, as interesting as those guys are, they're only interesting... Because we don't know them. Right? They're they're not interesting for any other reason. And 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 it's gonna take it like half a season for us to even decide if these guys were worth it or not. If that's all they come back with, if they come back with Lee, Yamamoto, and Bomel, then no, it definitely was not a good offseason. But but we're going to go back. We're going to have to get a Larry Bear. He's going to have to go back and he's going to have to be like, trust us, Giants fans. You don't know anything about anything. We're smarter than you. This is a good roster. That's what's going to have to happen again going into 2024. Yeah, it's going to sell a lot of tickets. Yeah, that's going to sell a lot of tickets. Larry Bear going out and telling us how dumb we are again. <laughs> right. Especially since since he did that last year and he was the dumb idiot. Right. So so so, yeah, I mean, I I do feel like that there's not a lot that. That they can do with just signing these two guys. Right. That's not enough. But I don't know that I want a Bellinger or a Chapman anyway. So I don't well, know what a Bellinger and a Chapman could just be another Hanager and Conforto. I mean, we, we don't, exactly. We don't know. Exactly. Well, and I feel like given the way the Giants are going, like if they do decide that Bellinger and Chapman are worth it, then they definitely are going to be a Hanager and a Conforto because that's how they are, how good they are at evaluating this, these, this, you know, injured position players. Not that, not that either of those guys are injured. Chapman and um, Bellinger are both healthy, but they're also both questionable, right? Bellinger had a good year after a couple of really bad years, really bad years, like the worst in baseball bad years. Right. And then Chapman has fallen off a cliff this past season. So, you know, I, I don't know that there's anything that they can do. I think they still have to go back to the plan that I presented last week, which is trade, trade, trade. Right. But that is something that the Giants have never done, right? They have never traded for anybody that was a significant upgrade in the sense that the whole world knew it. The J.D. Davises, the Lamont Wades, the the Yastrzemskis the, the notwithstanding, right? But we already talked about that. Yaz, Wade, Davis, all of those guys are great, or sorry, they're all good players. They're all role players that you, you want those guys on your team. You need some of those guys on your team. But none of them are difference makers. Yeah. And that's what the Giants need, and that's what this front office has never been able to do. They have never been able to trade for a difference maker. Not in the offseason, not leading up to the trade deadline during the full season. And that is something that they have to do this year 
in order to get fans excited. Well, yeah, and I think that the reason they haven't is they haven't had any any bullets uh, to track those kind of players. You know, uh, the farm system prior to last year, you know, tr- traditionally well, they, or they have an been... illegal clip full of bullets now. Well, yeah, they do. And so now it's like, do you do you do you trade some of those those uh, young prospects that we've all fallen in love with? Uh, Yeah. Yes. The answer is yes. Yes, you do. And and so, yeah, which is a double edged sword of trying to get fans excited about the future when you're touting all these these up and comers. Uh, But if you can grab somebody that's going to be a big difference maker next year, then, yeah, you're going to trade a couple of those guys for sure. Yeah. I mean, I will say this. It is hard to see a David Duvall, who I know is not relevant this season necessarily, but has been very relevant in the last five seasons. It is hard to see a Zach Wheeler right out there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Zach Wheeler, it, I mean, it took Zach him Wheeler, a long time. It to did. Kinda... It did. It did take him a long time. And, and by that point, he would no, have no longer been a giant, even if he had spent the first 10 years of his career or whatever, you know. Um, it's, it's hard to, but you know, there is an alternate reality somewhere out there, Matthew, where Zach Wheeler has a giant, his whole career. <laughs> and, um, and it, it's hard to see a lot of those players out there and not forget that, that these, these prospects that get traded can, can turn into those things, but more often than not, they don't. And like, I think the idea of trading a Carson Wisenhunt or a Mason Black or even before he made it to the major leagues, a Wade Meckler, right? In a package deal, right? For one guy, you know, would be, would be, it's difficult for fans to take, but that's kind of where the Giants are right now. And, And honestly, that's why you build up a farm system of these kinds of players is so that you can make trades like that. Yeah, because not all of them are going to make the major league roster. At some point, you're going to have a logjam of players. That's right. You trade a bunch of maybes for a one will be, right? Or is, yeah. Or is. And and I think that's what the Giants would need to do at this point to to really make, have an offseason that is successful to me. You know, great. Get Yamamoto and get a great player via trade. And, and now we're talking, you know, and yeah. you throw Bomel into that. If I can't have Big Boss, I'll take Bomel. It's a joke, folks. I would rather take Bomel than Big Boss. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, and and I think ultimately that's what would make a good offseason. I worry, though, that all we're going to get is a is a is a young Hoon Lee, right? And and not get Yamamoto and not get Shohei Otani and not get anybody else. And then that would be a very, very bad offseason. And uh, and I'm yeah. well, then you're relying on a lot of growth from your younger guys that that may or may not happen. Yeah, Yeah. it's interesting. It'll be very, very interesting to how see the the offseason plays out. All of these things are going to become very, very um, relevant. Right. We're going to know. First of the first thing that has to happen is that uh, after the World Series, uh, we will find out about Manea and Conforto. We know that Stripling is not going to opt out, but Manea and Conforto will opt out. Manea, if he opts in, it's not the end of the world. He's he he looked pretty good. He's a guy that I would like to have in the starting rotation mix. I just kind of want Conforto to go away. 
I do. I just don't want to have him go away. Just go get a multi-year contract with somebody else. Dude, you know? Just just, just loosen up the, the roster a little bit. Let us bring some young guys in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of how I feel. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> but, like... Right, and and next year he'll probably hit three hundred and with like yeah, five jacks. you know, you know, fine, fine, and I'm sure the Rangers will love to have him back. Yeah, yeah, um, but uh, yeah. All right, all right. Well, I think it's time uh, maybe to answer the trivia question. Let's do it. So the trivia question, if you recall, was Bob Melvin played for seven major league franchises. With what franchise did he play the most games in his career? And I said the Hokkaido Nippon Ham Fighters. Yes. And managed by were... Big Boss. Exactly. Cur- currently managed by Big Boss. Not currently. when Bowmel was there. Yeah. But, when Bowmel uh, was there, which he never was. Oh, <laughs> I was going to say, giving, first I'm of all, Bowmel never played for the. Well, for, for that them, but... ruins my answer. The problem yeah, so, is, Mantha, I, Matthew, I knew the answer to this one. I, exactly. I know. The answer is uh, the the team that, uh, that that played the most game, Bob Melvin played the most games with, was the San Francisco Giants. And uh, he had 200, he played 265 games for the Giants. He also spent three years in Baltimore and he played in 257 games with them. So only about eight games difference. Uh, but uh, the Giants is the answer to today's game. Trivia question, and so I think that just proves that Bomel is the perfect fit for the San Francisco Giants. That's right. Also, teammate of Bill Bath. Yes, the pinch hitter extraordinaire, Bill Bath. That's right. Who was a third string catcher and a really bad pinch hitter. <laughs> ah, take a bath. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, looking ahead to next week. Uh, the Thursday episode, our happy hour episode, has myself drinking a an original called The Fall of Fig. And Ben is wrapping up his month of bitterness. What are you drinking on Thursday, Ben? Well, Matthew, next week I will be drinking the... Wow, that was weird. Um, No, I'll be drinking the... Wow. Okay, I guess you'll have to show up on Thursday to figure out that I'm drinking the... Wow. Weird. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess uh, they'll just have to show up on Thursday to see what Ben is drinking. As far as uh, what the Giants are doing next week, well, Giants are going to hire a manager. Uh, Sounds like. Maybe within the next week. Or two. I don't know. I feel like they have to interview Donnie Ecker. I feel like they do, too. And, and I think they should, because, you know, Hey, whatever, whatever, whatever's going on with Melvin and Preller, that's their problem. That's not the San Francisco giants problem. Exactly. You know, the giants are probably just like, Hey, if you're single, I'm ready to mingle. But if you're not single, then I don't want to be part of your problem. That's where the giants are. Right. The giants. Logical. Yeah. Yeah. The Giants need to talk to Donnie Ecker. Donnie Ecker is not available until the Rangers are done playing. And they're not done playing. And so I think until the Rangers are done, then we won't know anything about the man. Like, we won't be able to have a final decision. So we all got to wait for Donnie Ecker to finish his season. And and once Donnie Ecker is done, 
They'll interview Donnie Ecker. Maybe they'll have more interviews after that. Maybe they won't. But, yeah. Like, so if the Astros knock out the Rangers tomorrow, or today, as we publish this podcast, then Ecker will probably interview the day after or the day after that. So one or two days after that. That's the earliest that we could expect a decision. If the Rangers make the World Series, then we got to wait until until that's over. Mm. All right. Well, we will find out. And if uh, nothing happens between now and next week, Ben and I will have to figure out what to talk about. So we'll... Uh, Big boss. We'll, 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 yes. Yep. The Rickert Finiti, uh, uh memory lane episode. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I have a couple memories. They're vague. They're vague. Very, They're very, vague. very, very vague. All right. Well, folks, uh, don't forget to like and subscribe if you haven't done so already. Uh, also, uh, give us a sh- uh, follow on social media. You can find us at, at Giant Cocktails on X and Threads and Instagram and Mastodon. Uh, we uh, have a lot of fun over on X. Uh, you can all find all of our recipes on Instagram. You know, so give us a follow on both those platforms and uh, yeah, just just do it. Just go over there and click follow. Uh, in the meantime, Ben, it's been great chatting with you. We will talk again next week. Cheers, my friend. Cheers, Matthew. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Giant Cocktails Podcast. Until next time, bottoms up. Goody, 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 bye.